Yes, coming in hot, episode 11 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man who I would describe as chest, arms, calves in that order. Jobber. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> These are getting more and more creative and more and more personal every week, aren't they? Good. Um, I'm trying to really dig them in, but that calves <laughs> one's got to hurt you. That's a little close to home, isn't it, for you? They're quite sore, actually. I've been trying to run. Um, hasn't been pleasing sight. But I've been training by myself, but I'm not the only one. So Gareth Bale's been forced to train on his own in Madrid. I think it's 11 sessions straight now, but we could have a resolution. So Zizou's left him out of the squad, but he might be being saved by the special one. So I was like, who better to save you than Jose Mourinho? So I thought, if you had to choose one player or manager to be stuck on a desert island with, who would it be and why? Oh, tough one. Um, I'm going to rule out all managers straight away because I feel as though they would tell me what to do and you know me, I don't like to be told what to do. But I think I'm going to go for N'Golo Kante and um, the reasons are that he would just be a busy bastard, wouldn't he? He'd be out there fetching the coconuts, cutting down trees, making little hearts, rafts, cooking dinner, see if he can catch a fish out there. So, yeah, I'll go um, Kante basically because he'd just be just like he is on the pitch and just be busy getting in and around those areas you need him to. Um, what would you go for, mate? He'd definitely outlast you too. Um, I, had to, I had to think deeply about this one because I thought there were so many great options. I wouldn't rule out a manager because sometimes I think you need to be told what to do. My initial thought was Jose Mourinho because he's the special one um, and he's a problem solver. But then I thought we love Jose, Jose on this pod, don't we? Yeah, but Jose would be inclined to solve the problem and then leave without me. Um, so I was like, I can't have Jose. <laughs> so I thought, who who's going to get me out of out of problem? So I thought it'd be Ronaldo. Like he always Ronnie, finds which a way. One? Yeah, the uh, Ronaldo or <laughs> no, big, um, the big Cristiano. fat one, um, <laughs> the the greatest striker of all time, because he'd always find a way to come back. Like he was written off so many times in his career. The ACLs, he was overweight, he had shit haircuts, but he always found a way to score when the teams needed him. So I'd go with Fat Ronnie, and I think he'd be a hoot to have around too, just judging by the state of him now. No, not not a bad shout. The only thing I would dispute is the shit haircuts. I think that little um, little half sphere at the top of the, at the front of the head was hot, but that's just me. So you still got it, there, yeah? yeah? <laughs> uh, I've still got it, not by choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, not not a bad shout there. Um, so what about um, any weekly happenings? Anything big going on at the moment? Um, has Neil Warnock done anything exciting? No, Neil has not done anything exciting. I've actually got grave concerns for Neil. So oh, Neil no. Warnock, 71 years of age. Um, Is that all? And he's, he's contracted uh, coronavirus. That's the end of him then? The, the stats are not good for a man his age. No. Um, so I'm genuinely worried about Again, Neil, he can find a way out of a relegation battle. Or hopefully he can find a way out of this. Um, but the other no big good. That, that, that's bad news, isn't it? But um, have you got any good news? It is very bad news, and hopefully, uh, best wishes to Neil too. Oh, I know he's listening. Um, so the big news this week is EFL clubs are trialing a thousand people in the ground. So that's across League Two, League One, and Championship. A couple of um, stadiums approved for pilots, told a thousand people. That's good. If there's one thing Great I'm missing, yeah. it's fans. Yeah, so I, I totally agree with that. I saw a um, I was watching some highlights of an older game 
And then to see fans in the crowd and the noise just pumping through, you just like the first thing you do is like you're like, oh, hang on, are they allowed to do that? And you're like, oh yeah, hang on, yes they are. On Zoom, so yeah, yeah, it is a bit, it is a bit shocking to see, uh, like watch old games and see the amount of fans there and they're all on top of each other. It does seem a little bit weird, but yeah, good to see fans coming back in. Um, obviously, they'll try and trickle them in, start with a thousand, um, keep it safe, and then and build up from there. But billionaires, yeah, millionaires. Uh, hundred thousand, and then sort of poor people slowly come back in. Slash season ticket holders. Yeah, yeah, let the common people back in after that. You don't want them schlubs coming in too, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we're not accepting any emails on that comment either. All right, so we might go into the flavour of the pod. So what we are going to do is um, preview match day two, big match day, and it's finally a full match day. So we only had eight games last week. We got the full suite. This week, match day two. Um, have a look at some transfer chat. Fair bit going on in, in that space still as the window remains open. Dive into Jobber's mailbag and then the big one, Colo's multi. So, shocking last you know, week. Shocking. <laughs> or, I, I'm, not, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed in those tips. So there you go. But um, I, initially when he, put the, when he put the tips in, I thought, yes, Colo, we're on here. This is um, a shoe-in, but um, not to be. So there we go. That that's a flavour. That's what we will whip through. But we might start with our match day two. Who have we got first? So we're we're starting with Everton versus West Brom. An absolute humdinger. So West Brom was shit house against Arsenal um, and hammered by Arsenal. But Everton, I think Everton were the surprise packet of round one. What like I I, I fancy him to come back again. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm not sure if that was a surprise packet. I think I kind of expected that level of performance. What I was a little bit shocked at was the level of performance that um, Spurs rolled out. So I think, yeah, Everton come out as to the level that they were, but I think I think West Brom are in trouble, um, not only in this game but for probably the rest of the season. So I think, yeah, it, Everton will probably get this done comfortably. They're, they're at home. West Brom have to travel. Um, so I think they they might struggle, and I think yeah, um, Ancelotti with another another week to to work with his new signings, um, Hamas and Allen. I think he's going to get his tactics down, and we he, we're going to see um, a bit of a drumming here. Of West Brom is is my prediction, um, and I think Colo likes a bit of this game as well. What are your we'll, thoughts? On we'll find out later. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Everton will get this done. They haven't got a great. Um, they haven't got a great record at home against newly promoted sides, but I think they've no. they've beat they've lost one of their last eleven Premier League encounters with West Brom. Um, that's five wins and five draws. So if you're looking for the the double there, probably not a bad idea. Um, I don't play fantasy Premier League, but you do. Is Hamas Rodriguez a good shout for pre- fantasy Premier League? I think. No, too too expensive, too high profile. So what he is, he's um he's cost a lot of money, and I don't think he's going to bring the points in per his um, poundage, um, which he costs. So no, Hamez is not in my team, um, and I would not sign him um, for those following on the fantasy team. Tough call. All right, so Tough we move call. on. We move on to the big one. So Leeds mm. versus Fulham, the two promoted yeah. sides. What do you think? No, this is interesting, this one, isn't it? Um, and I've got a lot of notes on this, so strap yourself in. So, um, firstly, uh, Leeds looked good in their first game despite going um, going down eventually to, to Liverpool last week. But I think they showed some signs of um, some fight and some creativity um, and some signs that they can compete at this level. 
when you compare that to Fulham um, playing Arsenal last week, yeah, I think they were just a bit limp, lacked a bit of punch. I think they kept the ball well but probably pay out past a little bit sideways too much for my liking. Lacked a little bit of pace and penetration inside the front third um, and I can't really see where their goals are going to come from. Um, I know Mitro was um, injured last week. I'm still not sure, even if he does start this week, which I really hope he does. I'm dying to see him in the Prem again. Um, but I, even if he does start, I just don't think he's going to be fully fit. So I just can't see where Fulham's goals are coming from. And based on the two performances that I've seen so far, one from each team, I think Leeds are going to be far too strong. Um, not only tactically, but just just pace in, inside that front third um, by foot and by the um ball pace and, and the pace of their passing. I, I think the interplay is just too much for Fulham and I see Leeds getting this done. What are you thinking here? You, as, did, enjoy, um, you did enjoy that Leeds performance, didn't you? Um, yeah, look, I think I think Leeds are too good. I don't think Fulham are very good, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to struggle. Leeds just, so you think, you think a bit of a gap in this game? I, I think so. I think Leeds, yeah. Leeds had it over them last year as well. Um, so I think they'll be okay. And they, you're right, they, they just seemed a little bit sharper. And I think coming from playing Liverpool last week, like I know we sort of got into Liverpool last week a little bit, but like they're a bloody good side. And for Leeds to go from playing Liverpool, dropping down to Fulham, I think it might be a little bit nicer for them. Um, I, think, I think they'll beat them. I think they'll beat them convincingly, to be honest. Yeah, I think Leeds might have got a shock at the at the quality and the the pace of um, of last week coming to the prem, and but I think they can rest assured that not all teams um, move the ball and um, have that Press much with that intensity. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know yeah. what I mean. So I think um, they might. That's probably. I know Liverpool isn't the best team to start with, but. As you move um, through the rounds, I think, yeah, you might feel more and more comfortable in that um, sort of baptism of fire initially. So it will probably do them a lot of good. I know, I know they didn't pick up any points. I know they um, cop four. But I think, yeah, long term, I think that might do them some more harm than oh, – sorry, more good than, than harm. So this is the first game at – first home game in the Premier League for Leeds United in almost 20 years um, how disappointing is it? Like, I know you sort of don't want to harp on about it and safety and all that, but how good would it be to see the fans back in the stadium for this one? Yeah, it does hurt not to not to see. Them. I know there's some fans that, that waited a long time to to see them back, but um, yeah, they won't be in the stadium. But it looks like they'll have to resign themselves to the fan wall. The other thing I'm not excited about um, this game is that um, yes, Leeds will be playing their first home game in the Premier League in a long time and there's that weird stat that James Milner has played every game in um, <laughs> for, for Leeds in the Prem over the last X amount of years. So, yeah, unfortunately that stat will um, go away as well. Oh, thank God. Um, the less said about James Milner, the better. So let's move on. The big one, Man United versus Palace. So Roy's boys got it done last week. Do you fancy him for an upset this week? Uh, you say the big one. I'm not so sure I would call this the, the big one. Leeds Fulham? So, I think um, – we'll Sorry, we just talked about that. <laughs> no, no. Go on. Palace were – I think Palace were good for the win last week, but I think, yeah, now they're sort of coming up a, a, a serious, more so serious team and a team that's looking to challenge not only the top four but probably even take that next step into the, to the top two. So uh, I think um, – yeah, the level of competition for Palace is about to escalate significantly. And 
The one thing I'm not so sure of, similar to last week with Liverpool, is what type of team menu you're going to roll out. Not in terms of selection about um, you know who's going to get picked over who. It's more so who's available and who's actually ready to play for Manchester United. Um, they had last week off, um, as you know. But, yeah, that's probably the biggest question mark over this game is what type of team can Manchester United trot out? And as I said, not necessarily because... Um, who's going to get picked up, who. It's more so who's actually ready to play a Premier League game. That That's probably the biggest worry for me in Manchester United's team. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a, I have a number of thoughts on this game. Um, so no, but specifically that, who, who they're going to pick and, and how they're going to trot I, out. Yeah, team. I don't know because I know there Harry was up to 11 players who were injured last week, um, not available. Mm. So um, I think Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba, 11, Matic, 11 injured and one arrested. Is that the stats or...? And that Harry is out, thank you, and I believe he's been proven innocent. So um, we'll have no more of that, and and the Greek authorities can handle it in their own courts. Um, no, look, so potentially eleven players out, but I think all the big ones are available. Um, Marcus Rashford looked like he needed a rest to going into the last few sort of few Europa League games, so he'll be better for the the rest. Um, but look, if we can roll out a full strength lineup um, outside of potentially Luke Shaw, I think might be the only first teamer that's Got a big um, question mark over his head. But, yeah, like if we can get Donny out there, Fernandez, Pogba, let him sort of adapt because based on Palace last week, we're going to have, you know, 75, 80% of the ball. Like Palace don't really want it. They just want to counter. So it could be really exciting if we can field a full-strength side just to see how that midfield trio works off each other. Again, Mason Greenwood, um, he's had an interesting two-week break. Who would have thought he could have got himself in so much trouble in such a short off-season? But, um, so is he out of quarantine? I imagine he would have had to come after he got the boot from the England squad. He would have had to yeah, quarantine for a I certain think, amount of time. But I think, he I think he's cleared a COVID test, and and once he clear a COVID test, yeah, quarantine days go from fourteen down to five or something like that. So yeah, Paul Pogba's clear as well. So Pogba should start. It'll be interesting to see what he does with that midfield trio. Um, very excited yeah. to see Donny Van de Beek start. But a start is he going to start? I think I think he should start. I think they're going to. I think mm. like there's no point not starting him. Like he's going to have the same preseason. He's probably had a better preseason than a lot of United players, based on the Dutch league being cancelled earlier. Um, but Manchester United have only lost one of their twenty-two Premier League meetings with Crystal Palace. The only loss was last year. I think Rose Boys might be in trouble here. Um, but I just the other thing is, isn't it weird just to talk about like, um, you know, like a player's oh he's going to miss this week. He's got a hamstring injury. But now we're talking about. Oh, this plays out this week. He's got COVID, and then we'll see him next week. You know what I mean? It just what? feels like a normal injury <laughs> now. It's just so who's, crazy. Who's, he's been he's been quarantined. He's not even sick. But who's in the dugout for Middlesbrough? Like the gaffer's out. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, when do you see like Neil Warnock's in charge of Middlesbrough? Like, oh, yeah. You don't see that anymore. What we need you don't, but yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you're right. I we know. As you know, we are massive fans of player managers on this pod. But I think since Neil is just, you know, a wizard with technology, I'm sure he's just going to set up a, an iPad on a stick and just put him on the side and just FaceTime at him. Just get it <laughs> Bielsa's bucket and then just get his assistant manager just to turn the stick when the ball goes either side. You know what I mean? That's what I had to say. Neil run things when he's out there. But Yeah, I think you know. United, I think United should win this comfortably. Yeah, I agree. I think United will win this comfortably. I'll be interested to see what um, Colos Multi does and if he picks up this game or not. But what we might do is head over to a huge 
massive, huge London derby, Arsenal West Ham. <laughs> the big one, no, eh? You're laughing, huh? <laughs> Who would have thought? The big one. Um, no, look, I think this this will be a good test for Arsenal because West Ham were terrible last week, and Arsenal they might have been quite good. They might not have been. Like Fulham might have just been bad. So um, I'd like to see where they are sort of standing at this point. Obviously, they're first uh, due to their alphabetical <laughs> name. Um, but, look, I think this will be a good test for them. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think it'll be a test for Arsenal. I think they'll push past West Ham rather easy. And I know this is a London derby and everything. Anything can happen, etc., etc. All the cliches, put them in there. Um, but I think this could potentially start a real slide for West Ham and um, your ex-gaffer and mentor. Moisey. Moisey to get sacked. There you, you reckon? go. I've said it. I thought yeah, you were going to say get sacked. Nah, I think, I think Moisey's – this – like when I say start the slide, I think you know they'll give them the first week off and you know first week back and whatever you drop some points and stuff like that. But I think now it just this is just going to compound and compound. And we went we articulated um, his run in for the next five or six weeks um, on the last pod, and I genuinely think he's in real trouble. And if he can get a point out of this, I think it'll go a long way to saving his job. But I, I see Arsenal being far too strong. Um, I see um, Bamiang just. Yeah, on cloud nine, he just signed a new deal during the week. And I just see Arsenal just pushing past West Ham. Really, no troubles at all here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I also share your concerns for West Ham. They're just so uninspiring. Yeah. Um, and I think we, I think Declan, they've been talking about selling Declan Rice. Um, and I don't, I think Declan Rice is a bit overhyped, to be honest. But like, he's probably their best player. And if they lose him as well. Like yeah. It could just be an absolute horror show the next couple of oh, weeks. I agree. I think he's a bit overhyped. But I think if you're Declan Rice, I think you may as well go to Chelsea. I mean, what's for you at West Ham apart from guaranteed 90 minutes every week? But anyway, we'll we'll leave that there and, and see what happens with that. But what we might do is move on to the um, Gareth Bale derby. Yeah, down to the south coast. This this is Southampton, a Tottenham. It's not a must win, but it's a very much a need to win. So we've got two first up losers, both um, mm. both relatively unimpressive. Tottenham, I would say, very unimpressive actually. And Southampton, I think, should have beaten Crystal Palace, but they just like they just didn't have that cutting edge. Um, so I think I think this could be set up nicely for uh, for Southampton. Sorry, just a pinch really? one. Yeah, Danny Ings doing things around the box. Um, and Tottenham just looked so sloppy last week and slow and lethargic. Um, I think the I think the Saints could be up for this one. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's it's interesting. This I think, as you say, two losers from from last week, which makes it really interesting. Um, whoever goes on to to lose this game, the pressure just just piles on, doesn't it? Like especially just to get your first point um, of the season. But I see, I see this being a, a bit of a dour affair. Actually, I think I see both teams coming off a little bit nervous um, and just a bit anxious on on who's going to step forward and and sort of own the game. So, from what I've seen, both teams not not really loving having the ball. Like you, you know what I mean. You can't really see one team having the ball and the other team playing on the counter or anything like that. There's sort of two teams that 
yeah, don't often have a lot of um, possession in, in their other fixtures. So I think that'll be interesting to see um, who does or does not want the ball. It's weird for um, a Jose who- team, isn't it? <laughs> for a, a more recent Jose team, it, it feels very on brand. But yeah, for an earlier Jose team, it does feel a little bit odd. But yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see who who plays deeper than the other team because whoever plays deeper is going to have less of the ball, um, and whoever sort of steps on the front foot will the other team will welcome them um, onto the ball, and you can really um, run the game. I think so. I think that'll be interesting, and I think whoever does step on the front foot will take control of this of this game. I think Tottenham are a little bit more technical than um, Southampton, um, but yeah, I, I see this being sort of low scoring, um, if not a nil all draw. But if anything is to go one way or the other, I'm probably going to tip Jose to pull out a tactical masterstroke, and I and I also think that Tottenham probably got the higher end of player. Um, when you look at the two squads. So with that higher end of player, I think they've got the ability to sort of steal something or, or yeah, just pull out a, a goal from somewhere. So, yeah, I'm probably going to tip a draw unless and there's a piece of individual Bruins by either Jose or an individual player to get Spurs over the line. There you go. Jose masterclass, Tottenham to win 1-0 away. Is that what yeah, you're we suggesting? Jose. Oh, geez, I like Jose. That would be an absolute drudge. It's, I don't think that's going to be one. It's not going to be much of a spectacle. But here's the Inzy pinching one and Jose getting himself into real strife. Mm, let's see. So from all the way up north, Newcastle, to all the way down south, Brighton. Next up, what are your thoughts? This is this is going to be a cracker, isn't it? You think Newcastle can hold on to the Champions League spot? Well, on, we're talking about we're talking about Newcastle United here, who last week disposed of West Ham. Um, very professionally, and are currently sitting in fourth position. I I can't see this table changing much. Jeez, um, you put a lot of gravy on that, I tell you. Brucey's boys, mate. We've got the Longstaffs. You've got your Shelbys of the world. Andy Carroll's fit and firing. I can't I'd see imagine, I imagine he's picked up an injury after playing more than <laughs> more than 13 minutes on the week. <laughs> Hit his head on the tunnel on the way out. Um, <laughs> no, look, I think, I, I think Newcastle are going to go back to back here. Brighton, Brighton were actually Brighton weren't too bad against Chelsea. Um, I thought like if they, if they had taken a point out of that game, you wouldn't have had a great deal of arguments. I thought Chelsea looked very disjointed, but um, I think the Toon Army at home, in front of none of their fans, I think they can get this done. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I probably agree with the, your point on Brighton last week. Last week against Chelsea, so I, I, the scoreline did not flatter them, obviously, and they, they ended up losing the game. But I think at various stages, at one one, they they had a really good chance um, to to go ahead. And then when they were two one down, um, Dunk, there's a, a cross come in um, from the right, um, and yeah, Dunk had a really good chance to to put them at, at two all as well. So. Yeah, I think the scoreline flattered um, Chelsea. And as I said on the, the last game where I, th- I think Spurs will have the top-end players, that the game last week between Brighton and Chelsea, you could tell that Chelsea's top-end players just really got them through that game um, because Brighton had some really good chances. And it's just that sort of 1% or 2% difference in the quality of player and the finish um, that actually got it, got it done. But, yeah, I thought Brighton looked okay last week. Against Chelsea, um, who Chelsea are going to be um, definitely within the top four, if not pushing a little bit further. Um, so I think they, they had a very good showing there and it will be interesting to see what Newcastle does um, coming back to back. But to be fair to Newcastle, they looked 
good last week. They were 1-0 up for um, sort of most of the game. Um, and they had some hairy moments where it could have been one all um, before a wonder strike late doors um, got them over the line at 2-0. So, yeah, I think it, this is probably one of the toughest ones to call, I think. And based on that, I'm going to be a coward and tip a one all draw. I've got I've got some good stats on this, but firstly, if results go Newcastle's way, they oh, could no. be top of the league by the end of the weekend. Just keep that in mind. But um, who texts that in, Doctor Dre? You would have texted that, <laughs> wouldn't you, Dre? Um, no, it was Alan Shearer. Um, no, so if they could, they could go top of the league, just keep that in mind. But um, I think I think Newcastle will be. Um, I think they should be able to push Brighton a bit on like Brighton like to play the ball out from the back, and that was their undoing. Um, against Chelsea, like they just tried to be too cute playing out from the back when potentially it might have been. You hate that, don't you? I don't hate it, but I think you need to be a little bit more pragmatic. Um, Let the boys play, know. mate. What do you mean? Well, there's the boys more play. than one way to fucking play football. Oh, <laughs> anyway, just it. yeah, just just hoof it. But um, no, look, the other stat that I wanted to pull out, and this is what this is how I think this fixture is going to go as well. So it's going to be short on goals and short on entertainment. Of the 712 Premier League fixtures to have been played three or more times, Newcastle versus Brighton is the only one to average less than a goal a game with just oh, four no. goals being scored in six meetings between the sides. But they haven't faced up against Andy Carroll in that time, I don't think. A fit and firing Andrew Carroll. I'm tipping. <laughs> no I'm tipping, thing. I'm no tipping thing the, and firing. I'm tipping. <laughs> he's either firing or he's fit. I'm tipping <laughs> Newcastle to be potentially still in the top four by the end of the weekend. You can take that to the bank. Now, we move on to – this genuinely is a humdinger. This is why people love the Premier League, and it's so good to have football back. Chelsea, with all their plastic fans sitting at home in their mansions, going up against the People's Club Liverpool. What do you think? Yeah, this one's a thigh rubber of the round, isn't it? Honestly, I'm bleeding more at the thighs already, just looking at it. Yeah, (laughs) this is is a big game. Um, And the thing I like about this game is that if you look back at the most recent fixtures, there's just been some absolute banging goals. So um, on Liverpool's coronation um, at the end of last season, you might remember that Trent Alexander-Arnold free kick um, on the right-hand side. Unbelievable top pins. Um, and then also in this game um, was that Naby Keita, um, his strike with his right foot, which w- the best part about that goal that I really enjoyed was um, he struck it from maybe like 20, 25 yards and it's one of those ones where he strikes it and it's still rising. So when it goes in, it doesn't hit the back of the net. It hits the roof of the net, which is really tough from um, that that angle. So some absolute um Smashing goals. Jordan Henderson hit a banger last... a couple of years ago too, didn't he? Thirty yard. You're really about the clock now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah probably twenty. Oh, a couple of years ago, but it was quite a strike from Jordan Henderson. So I take your point there. But Sturridge uh, had that. Sturridge had that left foot when he was playing too. for Liverpool against. Yeah, that in top bins. unbelievable. So there's some goals. I, and then the the other thing I want to say about this game is, um, <laughs> both teams can't fucking defend, can they? So oh. there's goals in this game. How 
No, no, get the get the beep explicit button out, man. Because <laughs> but neither team can fucking defend. BB. There's goals in this game. Virgil Van Dyke's had a howler last week. Look, I actually got I got a, a message from a a friend this week saying we were too critical of Liverpool last week. Um, but Kloppo's already foreign barbs at Fat Frank, um, saying <laughs> saying how much money Chelsea have spent, and then Frank's getting his research team in Middle Russia to come back with some stats, and they're running the analytics saying how much Klopp spent. So they've been firing shots at each other for two weeks. Um, he hasn't mentioned Klopp's teeth or anything, has he? Because that's out of bounds as far as I'm concerned. I oh, that and a stupid hat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, I I think I think Liverpool. Um, I think last week. The scoreline didn't necessarily tell the story, and everyone was caught up with how brave Leeds were and how you know they pushed Liverpool. Leeds had three shots; like Liverpool had like twenty. Liverpool was still yeah. bloody good. Um, mm. Leeds just—I think Leeds rode their luck a little bit, and it, the scoreline probably didn't reflect Liverpool's dominance. Um, so I think we need to sort of keep that in mind. I don't think that Liverpool's defence is as porous as you're suggesting, and I don't think Virgil Van Dijk is going to make too many more errors like that. Um, in his career, but like it just yeah, say, it seems like it could be anything because all these big names Chelsea have brought in, like these are why, like they've signed these sort of games. Kai Havertz looked off the pace last week, but weren't well, a little, so. So that's rapid. what I want to yeah. So that's what I want to ask you. What what did you think of their their new signings, particularly um, Havertz and and Werner um, last week? Um, I I like I'm, I'm trying to sort of. Um, put a medium around that because, like, it's the first game. Kai Havertz is very young, but he looked off the pace, um, and he looked. <laughs> there's one. There's one pass. <laughs> I've been trying to find the clip of it all week, but I don't want to click on any of those. Like, give me sport or anything to go in there because I get 15 ads and a bloody Trojan on my phone. But there's <laughs> one pass. He misses it by honestly 40 yards. <laughs> Yeah, I think it went around for a throwing, right? Oh he sliced it. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I was watching live action. And oh, yeah. I've been trying to find it all week and share yeah. it, but I just can't. That's funny. Maybe the ball hit the cameraman as they were recording. But, um, Someone inboxes that and we'll put it on our socials. Oh, yeah. please do. Please find it. And maybe put like Titanic music or something to it too. <laughs> um, but no, look, he was he was very – I thought he was very poor to be honest. He had some nice moments. You can see he was trying hard, but the pace just seemed to be a big step up for him. Um, and he probably didn't have much of a preseason with all the transfer speculation. Werner, on the other hand, um, I felt like he looked very sharp, but they didn't know how to use him properly. Um, I think they didn't realize how fast he was. Like, get him the ball early, get him the ball one-on-one, and he'll just burn past players. But um, he looks very exciting. And I think he's got a bit of a point to prove this week too because Liverpool were interested in him, and they didn't sort of pursue it as hard as Chelsea did or with the rubles that Chelsea did. So... Yeah, no, I, I think I'll probably agree with both those assessments. So, yeah, I don't have too much to, to add on that because basically I do agree with um, both of those assessments. Like I, I know a lot was made of um, Havertz so, and I hadn't seen a lot of him so I tuned in to, to watch him. But, yeah, he was a bit underwhelming. But, I mean, to be fair to the guy, like it's, it is his first um, just on the first, first game in the Prem and he's probably living out of a hotel room. So. Just out of Liverpool back four to whatever errors the Liverpool back four have in them on a week-to-week basis, Kepa can outdo that in <laughs> the space it. of seconds and do it much more dramatically. What The shot last week, he's got to do better than that, right? Oh, You've got to be able to save that. Willie Caballero is sitting there on the sideline pulling the rest of his hair out. Um, so, so, how, so, how are you not uh, starting with Pepper in there? 
So Fat Frank said that um, he's not looking for another keeper. Are you calling bullshit on that? Or I am because you- I reckon he's found one. <laughs> I reckon that's Frank being very clever. Um, yeah. They've lined up a keeper from France who apparently will move across this week. So he's Mendy. not looking. Yeah, Mendy. Yeah. He's not looking because he found him already. But um, good, on, good on you, Kefa. Yeah, so when, so when he has that meeting um, on, on Tuesday morning um, with Kepa, yeah, he doesn't have to – he can just tiptoe around that issue because he's like, I didn't lie. No, I didn't lie to you. I would never lie to you. I didn't – I wasn't looking. I had him already. So, so yeah. But that, they need to do something. Um, I know a lot's been made um, on a lot of other um, sort of those second-tier football shows like Sky Sports and stuff about how they were um, – you can't win a, a league without having a, a top-quality keeper. So, yeah, I think I buy into that and to an extent, but I just don't think you can win it with Kepa. Like, he just – he's too leaky and – he has howls in him all the time. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm expecting goals in this game and definitely the match of the round. Um, but I think Liverpool will be too settled relative to Chelsea's squad. So, yeah, I think Chelsea look good and, and sharp but might sort of um, be a little bit more streaky in this game whereas um, I think Liverpool, as I said, will be a little bit more settled um, and will eventually get this done. They'll get it done late. There'll be goals in this game. There you go. I think I think uh, Liverpool's going to win. I think they'll be comfortable. I think Liverpool are far too good for Chelsea. And the other thing is Mo Salah looked so bloody sharp last week. Like, yeah. oh, just unbelievable. And he's going to he's going to cause them real problems um, coming back to Stamford Bridge. Like, he looks a little bit more aerodynamic now. He doesn't have those daft little curls hanging off the side of his head. He's gone a little short and short sides top setup. Yeah, and he looks faster for it. I don't think it matters. You, know, you know how you had those curls that look stupid for York years? You know yeah, I, mean? and I think I think Mozart looks worse <laughs> this year, but he looks faster. Gee, he looks <laughs> so bloody rapid. Um, yeah. I, think he'll, I think he'll score again, keep the streak alive. Uh, but I, I think yeah. Liverpool are going to be way too good for him. Really, yeah. I think it might be a little bit tighter, but there will be goals in this, but Liverpool will be too good. Um, speaking of team, good teams, Leicester versus Burnley. Dashi's boys, are they getting the battering here? What's happening? Uh, yeah, I think they might be. be interesting to see if James Tarkovsky plays. That's probably the undertone that I'm keeping an eye on because Leicester are in for him um, and you wouldn't want to injure him. Like I feel like Jamie Vardy. was in for him last week? Uh, West Ham. West Ham and Leicester apparently. Mm. Um, and I know if I have to choose between those two, I'm going up to Leicester. My God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that's probably a good shout actually to watch whether he plays or not because um, if he doesn't play, like he he – obviously would and normally does start for Burnley. So if he doesn't play, yeah, that probably um, pushes me to think that a deal with either or one of those clubs is a little bit further down the line um, than it would suggest, yeah. So Leicester City unbeaten in nine home league games against Burnley, including all five of their games at the King Power Stadium in the Premier League. Um, I don't think that streak is going to be um, ruined this weekend. And Jamie Vardy is doing nothing for 80 minutes but he can turn up and smack home a couple of pens and make the difference. So I think I think Leicester are going to win this one quite comfortably. No, I agree. I think similar to last week, I think Leicester just too too pacey and too sharp in that that front third. And Brindy's boys will get it done there. That's probably one of the more straightforward games of the week to pick, I think. Um, so with that one done, we might move on to what I'm calling the uh, the snooze fest of the week, Villa, Chef U. 
Yeah, so that's a, that's a Tuesday 3 a.m. kickoff for our Australian mm. listeners. I'm not sure how I feel about these Tuesday 3 a.m. kickoffs. Tuesday 3 a.m., it needs to be something big. On the Tuesday 3 a.m., you're losing me. We're getting up for Villa, Chef you. You're just getting home from the bars on a Tuesday at 3. But, um, no, look, it's, that's not going to get me out of bed. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that one later. No, look, Captain Jack's re-signed until 2023, which is great news for all you villains out there. Um, but I, I feel Chipotle. like – What's that? Chaporty, he's a big yeah, villa. yeah. He's a massive Villa fan, and um, they they are a good bunch. I do, I, I am a fan, like I am a fan of Villa fans. Um, but I think this one could be very low scoring and quite dull. But um, it'll be interesting to see how Villa's new forwards come together. See if Jack can work better in with um, if Traore gets over in time. So they might be, they might surprise us and bang home a couple of goals. But I can't see it. I think Sheffield United. Um, They've had a good rest. They're still riding the high from last season. I think that might be too good for them in this one. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I can't see the Troy I think getting um, sort of finalised and him done and over and, and in the team before the weekend. So, yeah, as I said, I just um, sorry Villa. Um, I just can't see where their goals are coming from, um, given their their current squad. And so, yeah, I, I think um, Chef United would be too. Uh, physically strong for them. Uh, I think set pieces is going to be a problem for for Villa here, um, and I think Sheffield just going to be too organised and we'll get it done. But I think it'll be a dour affair if you're looking to skip a game um, and just watch the, the short highlights or the mini match. This will be it. Um, so with that snooze fest done, we might move on to another blockbuster and probably the most continental game um, of the round: Wolves, Man City. What are you what are you thinking here? You thinking the the Wolf and Hampton Wanderers uh, will get it done? Continental, but Brexit means Brexit. So let's just make sure that everyone's aware of that. So we've got the Portuguese B team versus Man City. Um, oh, this is great, and this is a good time too. Five fifteen a.m. for your Australian time. Perfect time if you're getting up to embrace the day, such as myself. Um, I think this is great. What a, what a wonderful game to just bookend the weekend fixtures. Um, I'm. Mm. I've, I've, it's, I'm an unabashed fan of Wolves. Um, again, quite comfortable last week, 2-0. Um, and City have had a bit of a rest, signed a couple of players. You know, Pep's gone out and done a few things. I think this is going to be a cracking game. I think Man City are going to have about 85% of the ball, but Wolves are just so ominous on the counter, and I think this might be an Adama Traore special. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, I think I'll probably disagree with... Uh, your assessment there. What I think is going to happen is that I'm not sure Man City will have that much possession. Obviously, they'll they'll probably slight the possession. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think they're going to dominate the ball as much. I think Wolves have got some um, real technicians in there um, that can that can keep the ball and, and sort of give Man City trouble, especially on the initial press. I think they should be able to keep the ball. And then I think what you find is, when Man City lose the ball for those first two, three passes, they press really, really hard, like as hard as anyone. But then after that, they sort of step off and, and let you let the other team have it, sort of get reset and then press again. So I think Wolves should be able to survive that initial press, um, which a lot of other teams don't. So I think that'll be interesting. Um, the other thing is that um, you talking about um, Troy getting away on the break and stuff like that. I think one thing that's really underrated with Pep Guardiola teams 
and specifically this Man City team, is their ability to foul and pick up yellow cards. I hate that I just, so much. Yeah, I just don't see every time he gets a skip on or gets any type of space, I've got no doubt the instruction is just to clip him, pull the shirt, drag him down. You know what I mean? Like you'd rather just be picking up yellows in those spaces. And if he's if Troy is playing now on the right, um, I think what you'll do you'll see is you'll see um, changes at, at left back, so to give everyone a chance to get a yellow, and changes at left midfield and centre midfield, so everyone gets a chance at, at pulling his shirt and wearing the yellow and sort of moving on, rubbing so his I muscles. Think, <laughs> yeah, well, he's oiled up. They might not be able to pull his shirt, but I think they'll slice him down. They'll they'll do those type of things. So yeah, that they're the two points I probably disagree with you on. I think. So I've got another stat for you because I'm really enjoying the stats this week. So you love Pep. I think he's a fraud. Um, so Guardiola has won just 20%, one of five games against Nuno, his lowest record against any one coach. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? That stat is fits it... my narrative, which is why we're bringing it up. I'm sure there's yeah, hundreds of others that don't, but I don't fits care. It's narrative, so plug it in. Yeah. Um, what what are you thinking City to do at the back here in terms of their, their starting starting four or three? What do you think? Uh, I think I think you'll see Laporte. Obviously, he's going to be the key at centre back there. Um, I, Otamendi Stones. Ake, or no, Ake? I think I think Ake and Fernandinho. Or Fernandinho will be centre back there next to Laporte. I think Ake will be out on the left, and then on the right you'll have um, England's Rose Kyle Walker. Yeah. Okay. But I think I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do now that he has a centre back in Ake. Does he keep persisting with Fernandinho, or like because there's no reason not to start Ake? But he did start out on the left for the Netherlands. He did, yeah, uh, yeah. I think. Well, hence my question to you. I'm, I'm not sure what he'll do. Um, I think the only sure thing back there is that Walker will start at right back. Um, and John and Stone Laporte. won't <laughs> play at all. And Laporte will, <laughs> Laporte will start. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of who plays next to Laporte and who plays at left back, I think, yeah, that's that's a little bit tougher. Um, as you say, you've probably got um, Otamendi who, who can play there, um, Stones, but it's unlikely. Um, Garcia can play there. Fernandinho can play at centre back, so they've got a few options there. And then at left back, I think that gets a little bit more complicated. Again, you can have Ake there, um, Mendy there, um, and Zinchenko can play out there, Angelino um, if he's available. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it gets a little bit more difficult. But, uh, yeah, I think if he plays a four, um, yeah, yeah, that left side centre back and the left side um, of the back four is going to be tough to pick. And who knows, Pep might have changed his philosophy over the summer, so he might only play two at the back or like five or six or 12 or he might <laughs> leave John Stones on the team bus. second guess it and bottle it. <laughs> yeah, I think he might. I think Nuno's got it over him. I'd love to see him bottle it first round. Um, I would absolutely love to see that. I'd love to see Wolves get up, just a 1-0 at home. Um, but look, I think... I think this will be a draw. I think I like Wolves. I think they'll have enough for him. I think Pep might overthink this one a bit. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a draw. What do you reckon? Yeah, Man City win this, I think. Um, and it will go deep into the game and Man City will wrestle it off them. That's what I think will happen. 
But um, yeah, I think that this is a definitely one to watch after um, after Chelsea Liverpool. This is the um, best game to watch, I think. Um, but that will do it for um, round two. What we might do now is move on to transfer chat. Holy shit! Big day. Big oh, week. My, oh my god! Massive. Oh, shit. It's, it's bigger than the shower clearer. It's big. Um, oh, that was big. That it's, was it's, big. It's, it's big and it's handsome. So Gareth Bale is – sounds like he's on the move. He's actually going to play football again. Does he Back Does he remember how to play? That's my question. That's That's got to be a concern, doesn't it? Um, he's, play, he's playing off scratch, but he can't strike a ball with a left peg like he used to. I, I'm genuinely excited. I'm really sad it's not Manchester United, but it's, I hope it works out and he goes to Spurs. Um, but the only thing is there's a caveat that they think that Bale won't be fit for a month. I, I don't know. Why? What's he done? I don't know. <laughs> he's spent so much time at Real Madrid digging his heels in that he's actually unfit. He's got a heel injury or um, from digging his heels in or he's got golfer's elbow, um, one of the two. Chip on but, his shoulder, dislocated it. No, I think I'm buzzing to see him back in the Prem. Um, all, all this week, all, all the shows have sort of showed clips of the stuff that he used to do for Spurs and you just sort of forget how good he was back then. Like some of the goals he scored and he really carried them for a long time. So, yeah, I'm really keen to, to see him back. Um, I think Manchester United would have been a good fit for him, but I am glad to see him go go back to Spurs. And as I said a bunch of different times on different pods, is I just want to see him play again. Yeah, I don't want to see him waste his talent. He's at, at 31. But I think with less miles um, and less games in his legs than most other 31-year-olds at that real elite level, I think he, he should be able to last a, a bit longer as long as he can stay, stay fit, which is ob- the obvious caveat. For Bale, um, due to his history, but yeah, I'm really keen to to see him come back. I think it's a good fit. Um, I think it's something that Spurs really need to take him from where they are to where they want to be. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, seeing him back. The other thing that I read was that um, Spurs' new training facility, um, as you know, they built a new stadium and a new training facility. The Spurs training facility actually has a pitch and putt. Um, as you come in too. So <laughs> it does not. It does. It oh does. It actually does. So um, go on YouTube and again. Go, <laughs> go on YouTube and um, and watch the the stadium tour. And actually, no, give it six months and then watch it. And I'm sure you'll see Gareth working on his um, pitch and putt. But no, good to see him back playing football and love to see him in the prem. And I also love to see him at Spurs. So this is a tick 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 for me. What do you think? Um, yeah, look, I, I would have loved to have seen him go to United, obviously from a vice perspective, but it's just so good to see him back. Um, apparently, United were scared off by Alexis Sanchez being a selfish flog um, and a similar age and demographic, um, you know, that winger, sharp winger, so they decided not to pursue it. But it's great to see him at Spurs. I'm hoping one of the listeners can tell me or confirm, is Gareth Bale balding? Um, now, now we've got him on Optus. You'll be able to see him from all angles. Can someone mm. tell me if under that weird man bun thing, if he's going bald? Because the rumours are that he is. The stress of Zizou and potentially the looking up to Zizou in that style might have left him bald. So if anyone can answer that, I'd be really happy. 
the streets tell me that under that sumo setup that he's got, sumo bun, um, he's bald, but we'll see, I suppose. I hope it I was hope weird to see him in all those old highlights with short hair, though, I must admit. He looks, looks so young, <laughs> and then yeah. Real Madrid aged him. So it's been a massive week as well for Liverpool. My boy. According to reliable sources, and this is basically live too, um, Thiago is going to Liverpool finally. What do you think? Oh, you know I love this guy. You know I love him. And I, so I, as long as he comes to the Prem, I'm happy. But to see him somewhere big, which obviously he would have to go somewhere big because he is who he is, um, where they have a lot of the ball too, where you can really see him flourish. So, yeah, great move. And the, the numbers are being spoken between sort of 22 and 30. So, I mean, even at 40 mil, it's, it's an absolute bargain for me. So I am dying to see him in the Prem. I think he's going to absolutely run things. And, um, yeah, everything points to this being a great signing for me. And, and he's a player for now, which I like to see. I like to see those bigger clubs signing players for now, not this boring five-year prospect that, oh, he's younger and whatever. No, I want to see people who are ready to win titles right now. And that's what Liverpool are going to go out and do. And if they sign him, I think it's a great move. And the only thing that would happen then is potentially that um, if you bring someone in, that potentially pushes someone out. So I am worried for Gigi getting moved on or um, the man with the second biggest quads of all time, Shakiri. Yeah, I think I think Shakiri's going to go. I don't think they'll go to one Adam. Like it just does like it, I know he's linked with Barca. So if Barca comes in, he might go the other way. But Shakiri seems the obvious one. Oh, you I don't seem as excited about this as I am. No, I still haven't forgiven Liverpool for almost furloughing their staff. Um, they found thirty mil under the couch. That's great. Well done, Liverpool. Congrats. Um, but no, look, it's a great signing for the Premier League, and it's a great signing for Liverpool. But thirty million, like I must have missed a beat here. That seems awfully cheap. Like for a player of that quality, yeah, I think it's just a contract and the the thirty one. Yeah, it's but, still, yeah, it does. As you say, it does seem ridiculously cheap, and I would I would pay that for him um, any day of the week. So the next item on the running order is uh, a Dally dilemma. Can you explain? explain oh, Dally, 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 Dally. What are you doing? So rumors were circulating that Dally Alley was linked. Uh, it was linked to Real Madrid as part of the Gareth Bale deal. So Mourinho is like, give us Bale. You're going to have Deli Alley for this price. Um, and he's been left out of the Europa League squad this week for Tottenham. So potentially he's on the move. I really like Deli Alley as a player, but I, if I was a manager, I reckon I'd tear my hair out with him. Like, where would you play him? Like, in some days he just doesn't turn up. He was atrocious on the weekend. Um, so it looks like he's on the move. What do you think? Well, I, I think he's one of those players where I'm a little bit disappointed that he didn't reach his full potential. He went on a bit of a run maybe uh, two years ago where um, he strung a few good games together and had the that great tawny for England as well, um, was scoring a bunch of goals. And then even when Jose first came in, he did really, really well as well, um, was in the goals initially. Um, but I think, yeah, if, you're, if someone says to you, hey, um, we'll take Bale and then we will give you Dali Ali plus like 40 mil. I mean, that must really hurt you, <laughs> your confidence that um, you're getting shipped out and then you have to pay them 40 mil as well and then just getting one player in. 
um, and then it falls over. But they bring that player in anyway, and then you're walking around the training pitch knowing that that guy's forty million pound worth <laughs> more, worth more than you. So yeah, it's just a, a weird weird dynamic. But um, me being dedicated to the the podcast and the craft, I am watching the Spurs documentary at the moment. And yeah, him and Jose seem to have a love hate relationship where Jose talks about. Um, signing him at various clubs that he's been to, whether that be, I think Manchester United he mentioned that he, he had bids in for him and could never get it done. He loves him. But then Ed Training seems to always call him out about how lazy he is as well. So, yeah, it's a he seems to have a love-hate relationship with him. So I'm just wondering whether him being left out of the Europa squad um, is a bit of a message um, or, as you say, it is a little bit something deeper and he, he be, could be getting moved on because um, I think teams can come in for him. So his wages aren't that huge um, coming from sort of a mid to high end player at Spurs. Um, those wages aren't aren't too bad really. So if someone will really want to come in and buy him, they could wage-wise they could do it. It's just a matter of the fee that they command and, and who really knows in this environment. It will really depend on his length of contract and um, how bad Spurs want to move him on. Still only 24 years of age, so he's got years to prove himself. But the next yeah, one's crazy. It feels like he's been around for ages. Yeah. The next one's important. So Jack Grealish has signed for Aston Villa for five more years apparently. So I've, I've it says it's a five-year deal, but it's up to 2023, so I'm not sure what the story is there because obviously we're in 2020. Maybe they've forgotten 2020 like the rest of us are trying to do. Um, but look, good news for Villa, bad news for everyone else. But I just wonder if this is one of those sign a new deal to pump his transfer value up a little bit too. Um, but mm. he's got a new deal, so congratulations to the villains. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about forgetting 2020. I'm actually having a great 2020, but anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, I think that uh, you say it's a five-year deal. I think it's they're talking about 2023 because um, it's a three-year with some options on there, so it could stretch out to five. But no, I think a good move for Villa um, or, and it's, it's a good move sort of either way. So it's a good move to just sign him to a long-term deal because if someone wants to come in to buy him, um, you can command a higher fee because you're longer to go on his contract. But then if he's good and you want to keep him and then Villa sort of improve and, and get to the level that they want to get to, um, you've got a good player and um, a local boy sort of locked away. So, yeah, win-win for Villa. Nothing more to say on that. But we might move on to Spurs and their second bit of business. What's going on here? Jeez, Jose's a sneaky bastard, isn't he? No, we um, love Jose. So, it's a, so Regulon to Spurs. So um, apparently Manchester United were in for the uh, Real Madrid left back. It was on loan at Sevilla last year. Very impressive in the Europa League. Just a very impressive footballer. Um, but they put in a bid. United put in a bid of $30 million. Real Madrid wanted a buyback clause in there. United said, no, we're a big club. So this is critical. United said, no, we are a big club. We don't accept buyback clauses. But a smaller club from London with a fancy new stadium and a balding left winger have come in for him and he's off to Spurs. Allegedly balding. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, allegedly balding. Plays off scratch. So uh, I, I did read this and I thought that um, – I was just wondering that – so Man U were in for bail and, and looks like they're going to miss out for him. Um, they were in for a regular but again, it looks like this time he's definitely going to, to Spurs, so they're going to miss out on him. And when as I was reading this, I was like, could Spurs somehow Spurs up these signings and then <laughs> lose them at the last minute? But it looks yes. like they're going to close <laughs> – <No. laughs> looks like Sorry. they're going to close both of them, which is good. So 
um, yeah, I think, as you say, Spurs were in sort of that second tier of, of teams sort of outside the top four but above mid, mid-table in, in that space. So, yeah, there's a lot of teams in that area um, spending a lot of cash and, and bringing some players in. So I'm, I'm excited to see him in the Prem um, and I think a good bit of business by Spurs and it goes a long way to show that they can lure a, a guy like him to their club, especially when Manchester United are sniffing around. With a buyback clause. Um, but so the other thing there is um, Daniel Levy's a thrifty bugger. So I guarantee someone is leaving the club from Tottenham in the next couple of days because Daniel Levy's one of the most thrifty and um, financially savvy um, managers or CEOs in the business. So someone's going to leave because he's very good at balancing the books. Speaking of ball fraud. There you go. Uh, here we go. So Burnley have turned down a West Ham bid for James Tarkovsky, and they turned and Leicester City were apparently in the market for him too. So West Ham offered twenty five up front and thirty one in total, and Burnley want fifty. And you can get that's a Tiago and two thirds. What is wrong with the market? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's he's obviously just locked away on a big contract, and West Ham don't need to sell him. Oh, is it West Ham. Sorry, Burnley don't need buying. to sell him too. Burnley don't <laughs> need to sell him. Can't afford to sell anyone. Um, <laughs> oh shit. So yeah, just I think it's just that the price is just dictated by these length of contract. Then, but I think he's a um, he's a good signing. He's definitely not worth fifty, but um, I think if they can get that number down, that would be a good signing for West Ham. Yeah, and I think I think we talked about it the other week, just about how few good centre backs there are in the market. So, and I think Burnley are very aware of that. So, fifty million, probably it seems like a lot, but based on the the absence of good centre backs in the market, it's probably not that far off. Yeah, um, no, I agree. So, I think I think I think they could. I think Burnley won't sell him unless he pushes for a move, um, or unless West Ham stump up the release clause of fifty mil. And it wouldn't surprise me if someone does stump up that release clause in the coming days too. Um, just because there are not that many good centre-backs around. Yep, there is a dearth of supply in in that space there. All right. Well, without got, further ado, got you've got one mail. So we have, you've got mail. We have one. There was one other transfer, and I had a clever name for it. Oh, too, so, um, yeah, Leicester signed a player called Under. So Leicester pay overs for Under. But we won't, we won't stay on that. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that I had that really good joke. Um, wow. <laughs> worth it. So we got, a, we got a bit of mail. So it was Ali or nothing. So hello, lads. Love the pod. Um, having seen Everton overcome an underdone Spurs side, is all the transfer activity Spurs this week a bit of panic? Or is Levy leaving his business late to try and suck every cent out of a potential seller? Cheers, Brett. What do you think? No, I don't think it's panic buying. I think um, they they I heard about um, Regulon sort of them targeting him a long time ago, and I think it's just taken a long time for that deal to come through to uh, fruition. But I think Bale is a different kettle of fish. But the Bale signing or potential signing is more of a. Um, one that is a little bit more opportunistic. So it's just come up and he happens to be available. And if Bale becomes available, um, you go for him. So I think the two signings are very different. I think they've been in the the game a long time for Regulon and Bale's um, a little bit opportunistic and they can get him for free. Imagine signing Gareth Bale for free and you just have to pay half his wages. So two very very different signings. What do you think? A little bit panic buying by Spurs as um, Ali says or... No, I think I think um, I think it's 
I think they're both quite opportunistic. I think they did need a left back and they knew that. Um, I think they let Manchester United do all the public stuff with Regulon and then they said, like, oh, well, actually, we're a good chance here. We'll take a buyback. Like, we'll pay 30 mil. And if you want to buy him back for more expensive, that seems like a Daniel Levy type transfer where he knows if they do buy him back, he's going to make some money off it. Um, mm. So I think I think it fits with they need they had they need the left back, but it also fits with their overall philosophy around how they manage their finances too. And I agree with you about Bale. I think that like Bale's like, oh, I want to go back to Spurs, and you don't like <laughs> it's just insane that you can get Gareth Bale for free. Um, you just got to pay half his wages. I imagine he's going to come around and he'll be the you know the big dog around there with his wages. But I think they'll just be buzzing because all those players know who Gareth Bale is. Like, you're bringing in a bloke who's, what, won four Champions Leagues. Four Champions Leagues. Scored and scored that bike. goal. That one. Um, Fuck. Yeah, and scored that goal against Barcelona too, um, for those that remember when he mugged off Mark went Bartra. Off, he went pretty much off the pitch. Yeah, He was flying. Yeah. Um, so, like, you don't – like, people know who Gareth Bale is, so I don't think there'll be any problem with his ego. It's just such a great signing. Um, I do think it's opportunistic, but – um, again, I don't think Daniel Levy does any like business that's going to be bad for the club, and he's a, apparently he's a very, very shrewd negotiator and a horror to deal with. Um, mm. So, no, great for Spurs. All right. So, do you want to give everyone the contact details, and then I'll I'll share Colo's multi after that. Yep. So the email is footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, footballplayedonpaper, Instagram at footballplayedonpaper, Twitter at footballonpods. And make sure you give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, helps with the algorithm. Five stars only, please. Um, say nice about things so I can get to my eventual love of having a fans only Instagram page and stop working. <laughs> Very good. Okay, well, get your pens out or get your sports bet apps out because we it's time for Colo's multi here. Um, so last week he went for four legs and he got two right and two wrong. So that paid yeah, that paid nothing. Um, so <laughs> I thought he, we'd start with an apology. No. Okay. No. Right, he, also, he also texted me. He said, "Anyone who's following this and didn't win and has got something to say, <laughs> no, nah, I won't say the rest of it." Um, there you go. So. <laughs> But he's, he's downgraded. He's gone from four legs last week. He's into three legs this week. So the first game is Southampton Spurs, the Bales Derby. And what we're looking at there is Southampton to win. There you go. Oh, a big shit. one. Oh, no. Then we've got Leeds Fulham, the two noobs. And what he's gone for here is a draw. So a draw for Leeds and Fulham. The last leg is um, Everton West Brom, and he has gone for Everton, probably the most safest bet out of those three. And what he's done here, he's put down twenty five dollars, and he's looking to pick up four hundred and fifty. Okay, you a red hot tip. It's on the multi. You've put down twenty five dollars. That's all you've done. No, really? <laughs> Which one? Which leg is he going to fall over? Um, I, I think so. We've got the, you got the first game there, Everton West Brom, so that's good. So you can get that out of the way. You can be one up. Midnight is Leeds Fulham. Um, cool. So by, by the end of that game, it's going to be over. So by 2.30 a.m., so by the time Manchester United <laughs> kicked off, we'll be out of that multi. Don't worry about Sunday at 9 p.m. No. Um, I, I don't like your chances. But if things somehow go your way, by Sunday at 11 p.m., your multi will be on its ass. <laughs> I'll be I'll be running around looking for my bookmaker. <laughs> there you go. 
Oh, very good. That brings us to an end. Enjoy the football over the weekend. Any more from you, Joel? Are you done? No, that's great. Enjoy the game. A um, couple of nice early kickoffs there too for you less ardent football fans. So Sunday night, um, Southampton, Tottenham at 9 o'clock and eight, uh, 9.30 p.m. on Saturday, Everton, West Brom. So enjoy. Come on, Colo. <laughs> <laughs>